0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3.
1: This is prime time on Money FM 89.3. I'm Rachel Kelly with Timothy Goh. Now, new measures were announced on Saturday by the multi ministry task force on COVID 19 to help Singapore live with the COVID 19 pandemic.
0: Well, the announcement came after the task force said on Wednesday that. Tighter curbs currently in place, including restricting group sizes for dining in two, uh, dining into two people, will be extended until November twenty-one.
1: So, to give us the lowdown and analysis of the latest announcement, we're joined on the line now by Zakia Hussein, Singapore editor at The Straits Times. Zakia, thanks so much for joining us today. Thanks for
2: having me again.
1: So, Zakir, let's start off. Singapore is lifting the ban on travellers from South Asia who've not been allowed to enter Singapore since the first half of this year. What are the benefits of opening up the borders now? I think,
2: well, one key benefit is I think this will help address the shortage of workers in construction, as well as of uh, domestic migrant workers um, who've not been able to come in from uh, not just five South Asian countries, but also Myanmar Uh, for some time since the surge in cases in those countries uh, several months back. You know, this is not... This is still not a blanket opening up. I mean, short-term visitors, tourists will not be able to come in. But folks on pass, you know, students, folks on longer term passes, uh, students, employments and work permit holders will be able to come in. Um, although I think there will still be sort of some calibration in terms of numbers.
0: Zakir, why do you think the government has been relaxing its border control measures? Apart from what you've mentioned, uh, because of... Uh, the labour shortages that we are uh, going through in Singapore, the safe management measures, are they confident enough that we can safely manage the influx of people coming in from overseas?
2: I think so. I mean, the number of imported cases has been consistently low. You know, and I think there's been a gradual opening up with uh, first more vaccinated travel lanes. I think we can expect a few more lanes to be announced in the coming weeks. You know, Australia's raised the mm-hmm. prospect of a travel bubble, and even neighboring countries, Malaysia's mentioned that they're looking at some form of arrangements. We're not quite sure what yet. But I think globally, the situation is look, countries are, are accepting that mm-hmm. we don't need to adapt our stance to sort of living with COVID. And opening up borders is, I think, an essential part of that strategy. Now, at the same time, I think that it might seem that there's a bit of a disconnect with sort of continuing tight, safe management measures. But I think there's several sort of, you know, criteria to be sort of managed at the same time. I think the numbers coming in from overseas, even though they're sort of limited, once they're in Singapore, they're subject to similar safe management measures to prevent the spread of the virus.
0: So in that sense, uh, speaking of opening up, as you mentioned there, Australia, as well as Malaysia, looking into that, do you think there will come a time in the very near future where Singapore will allow anyone vaccinated? to come in subject to the P- arrival PCR, departure, P- pre-departure PCR and not be in a vaccinated travel lane anymore. Anyone who is vaccinated should be able to, just like much of the European countries have been doing. I think so. I think, I think it's a matter
2: of time, although I guess the vaccinated travel lane is sort of a key part, at least in the interim, to, to manage the numbers of uh, folks who can come in without a stay home or isolation period.
1: Okay, Zakir. So just moving on, because we've spoken about the stabilization phase being extended until almost the end of November. But what I want to know is, you know, it was also mentioned that Singapore is going to ease some COVID-19 measures, such as allowing household members to dine in together if the weekly infection uh, growth rate drops. What are some of the criteria that we need to look out for? And when do you think this might happen?
2: So I think the MTF mentioned three three criteria. The first, as you said, is the daily rate of increase Mm -hmm. in infection numbers, uh, which is currently about 1.14 or so. The second one is sort of the proportion of infected people who fall severely ill. That continues to be low, but it's not as low as it could be. And the third criteria is the occupancy rates in hospitals, especially ICU beds. Now, uh, for the past few days, they've been putting out um, a sense of Uh, ICU bed capacity and occupancy. It's not too dire for now, but I think as we've seen um, with some other countries and elsewhere, we've got, you know, 360 ICU beds. About Mm -hmm. 80 of them are still empty. But, you know, a third of the beds are still used for uh, non-COVID cases like accidents and other life-threatening illnesses. And about, I guess... A significant number, I think 170 yesterday, uh, were needed for ICU COVID-19 cases. You know, not just those critically ill, but those who, because of other conditions, might need to be in the ICU for oxygen. Hmm. And I think we the hope is that these numbers actually taper, taper off and stay consistent or drop a little hopefully in the next week or two, uh, so that the measures could progressively be eased. And I think one measure people are looking forward to is for people from the same household to be allowed to dine out in groups of five.
0: We're speaking to Zakir Hussain, Singapore editor at The Straits Times, about the adjusted policies in place for Singapore as announced over the weekend by the multi-ministry task force. Also, we wanted to bring out something that been making the rounds, Zakir, that the Bloomberg forum that will be held in Singapore. Now, many people on social media over the weekend were questioning why uh, delegates can dine in groups of five at specific restaurants, while the rest of us are still restricted to two. Yep. The trade and industry minister had something to say about this. That's right.
2: So Mr. Gantz said, you know, Bloomberg is a key sort of event in the calendar, and it's sort of a, an occasion for quite a number of these movers and shakers to come and meet in Singapore. And they'll they'll be in a fairly cordoned off area at the Capella, And I guess letting them dine in groups of five facilities, business networking. But I think another point, I think lots of people seem to have picked up on the fact that you seem to have given gotten the special um, dispensation to dine in groups of five uh, when everyone else to dine in twos but we forget that you know wedding receptions currently do let
0: people Mm. dine
2: in groups of five right Mm -hmm. although with conditions as well and i think in the case of the bloomberg new economy forum it's a strict requirement where they need to do pre-event testing practically every day and the same applies for people from outside who are not at the forum who want to join them for a meal say
1: and that's right Zakir I guess these delegates will essentially effectively be in a bubble won't they That's right so let's talk about networking and, and staying with the theme of office and what's happening with businesses, because one of the other news points from the MTF announcement over the weekend is that from January next year, only vaccinated workers are going to be allowed to return to the office. Of course, those who are not vaccinated, they need to take a test every day before going into work. Do you think this then could potentially spell the end of work from home for many? I think
2: it might. But I think COVID nineteen's also set in motion some changes which are very are gonna be quite tough to reverse, for mm. instance, you know, hybrid work or virtual events, even virtual meetings. So I think such
1: as the interview we're that, having we're having now. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <We're> all <laughs> and I think
2: three
0: people, of us are in different locations and we're doing just fine.
1: Yep, and I think
2: people have realized that, you know, um, yes, you might want to come back to the office for meetings or for team building or to get get familiar with some of the Mm -hmm. issues, just as delegates come in, you know, travel in physically for the Bloomberg Forum. But I think there's also the realization that so many more meetings and so much more can be done virtually as well. And I think in this sort of new hybrid world of work, yep, you'll get people back to work, but you'll also get, you know, I think hybrid work, is going to be a reality. And I think for many people, maybe being in the office half the time or 60 or 70% of the time is Mm -hmm. likely to be more the norm than having to be in the office all the time.
0: Well, I would hope so too. I saw a meme yesterday going around, how do I get unvaccinated so I can work from home (laughs) starting next year? (laughs) Which I thought, hmm, good point. <laughs> anyway, Zakir, thank you very much for uh, shedding some light on the new announcements that were made over the weekend by the multi ministry task force. Zakir Hussein, Singapore editor at the Straits Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.